Guys, we're back with another episode, episode 17 of Just Contact Podcast. Um, guys, it's crazy. I think we're in a, a state, a state of mind or a place where, where we're waiting. We're waiting for, I guess, for the inevitable decision. Um, I wouldn't say Trump should concede um, or Biden should just go ahead and say, guys, look. I'm just going to come out and say that I'm the victor. But I really would hate first to do so. I think um, for me personally, my day has started with a lot of phone calls, especially from my island folks. Um, so I'm a shout out to my island folks who's who's more dedicated to this political endeavor than I am. Because um, they're calling me this morning on some, see, Biden won the election. And I'm like, no, he did not. They're like, yes, he did. He's like 264. He's about to be... I'm like, bro, he's still at 253. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not sure what news you're watching. I'm like, I'm watching the one that's giving me the, in the right vote. They want every vote to count. But um, away from that, my mind is in so many different places. And there's a couple of things I want to address. I think um, doing this great weight, there are things I, want, I would like to bring, bring to the forefront. And I, I guess um, I may be taken out of context. But I guess at this moment, you know, who's to judge? Well, Jed, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let uh, let's start with what you said and put it into context. Um, so, I've actually seen a lot of people confused at this and asking like why people have different numbers right now. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, the Associated Press is covering this election, and among other news sources, they have already called Arizona for President Trump, including Fox News, which is so, so hilarious. Um, so once you call Arizona, Biden is six electoral votes away from winning the election. However, um, more accurate, I guess, news sources, I would say, um, or more precise, I would say. I don't want to say more accurate because, I mean, I'm not completely discrediting, no, I'm not completely discrediting Fox News on this topic. <laughs> um, I'm going to just say that on this topic. Um, but, uh, like I said, more precise news stations um, and sources have not called Arizona for Biden simply because the vote is still being counted. Um, there are still outstanding votes in that state. However, um, I believe at this point in time, the states that we're waiting for, um, which are Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, um, North Carolina, I think is still outstanding. And I'm missing one. What am I missing? Um, oh, in Arizona. Yeah. Just, okay. <laughs> um, all of those states, except for North Carolina, are currently blue, which means that Biden is in the lead in all of those states. Um, and Biden is in the lead in all of those states by thousands of votes um now that i mean saying it's thousands of votes at this point doesn't necessarily mean something for all of them except for 
Georgia, I think. Georgia, I would say, I mean, it's it's wild to me that we're even having this conversation about Georgia um, flipping blue. Um, because Georgia is deep south. <laughs> um, Georgia is entirely Republican. Georgia is a red state historically. It is crazy that this election actually um, could turn the state blue and currently has turned the state blue because, as I said, the vote is not done, but Biden is leading by thousands of votes. Um, the issue, I think, with Georgia is that they have already counted 99% of the votes. So the fact that he is leading by, uh, I believe it's like 4,000-something votes, um, it's kind of crazy to me. I don't know how many votes are left to be counted because I do know that they were coming from the, you know, the big, the, the metropolitan area of Atlanta. So there's a lot of um, counties in that um, city. And... I'm not sure what's left, as I said, but they're almost done. It's 99%. So this state could stay blue. Um, so, okay, so let's break down the, um, I guess, what everybody's looking for at this point. If Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is the big one, right? Pennsylvania is the one that everybody's really waiting for because even though Arizona is still outstanding, um, it, it definitely looks like that's going to Biden. I mean, even Fox News called Arizona for Biden, okay? Um, which apparently made Trump, like, historically pissed off and he was calling all over the place and yelling at people and, yeah, cool. Wish I could have been a fly on the wall for those conversations. Anyway, um, so putting aside Arizona, if Pennsylvania were to be called for Biden, it would be the end of the election. Um... At that point, it wouldn't even be about Arizona anymore because it would be a uh, twenty points, um, twenty electoral votes, um, which would then put him at two seventy three. So it would, it would. I mean, it, it. Yeah, it would just be the end. Um, if Trump does not win Pennsylvania, he can't win the election. Um, I think everyone has just come to that conclusion at this point, including his campaign. Even though you know they're somewhat holding out hope. Um, for the votes, um, nobody nobody actually sees that happening. Everything is blue right now. They're still counting votes. The majority of the votes that they're still counting are mail-in ballots, um, which historically means they're Democratic ballots. Um, not only historically does that mean the you know majority of them are are Democratic ballots, but they're also in uh, a lot of counties that are Democratic majority democratic right so I, I mean sure hold on hope but nobody really believes that um so then you move to the next um layer of this like crap story <laughs> um this this wonderful tv show this reality show that he's putting on for the country and we start to talk about his lawsuits right so he's already um, sent his, you know, lawyers into um, file suits in Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Nevada. Right, hold on, Jill. I just wanted to give a shout out to to Mayor Giuliani. Um, I know he out there um, in Pennsylvania trying to fight the good Trump for President Trump. 
Um, just so I can give him some instance that uh, majority of those votes are coming in from the Philadelphia area. Um, and I'm going to shop Meat Mills out in this moment and let them know that all black lives do matter. Um, but in that moment for Mayor Giuliani and for every one of Trump's um, personnel and lawyers who's going to be um, sent out to these states, um, I kind of see why you want them to stop the, the voting or the numbers at this moment. Because any state where those, where those margins starts to widen, you're losing your stronghold of filing a motion for a recount. So the more those percentage jump, just to keep this in mind, guys, and, I'm, and, I, and I jumped in just to interject for this specific reason, for the fact that if the, the state stats are 1%, he's going to be able to do go for a recount. And if I remember correctly, the highest, the highest percentile is 1.5. So the, any other state, especially like Arizona, who is slowly moving further and further away, because I think they're, they're now by 4%, um, is, ta- is taking a toll on Donald Trump. And I'm, I don't want to throw salt on people's wounds because I feel like Trump is cut right now and I don't want to throw salt on his wound. Um, I'm, I wasn't a big John McCain fan, right? But John McCain mentally stuck with me because I felt that even in his election with uh, President Obama, he, he was admirable. There are times that they wanted him to be disrespectful and be... Uh, a, a diehard Republican, and he held his values, and said that's not that's not where his character lies. And I remember the instance because if ever, if everybody do retract the last election and the election before that, Arizona went red, right? Because Arizona was known to be a red state. Now, when you when you when you take the, when you take the, the instance that you're not supposed to disrespect people, especially people who. Or in good standings with their with their state, it, it really will hurt you. Because and I'm saying this just just to Trump to just to Trump supporters to understand why they lose in Arizona because they seem so um dumbfounded to what's really going on, is that Cinda McCain went out and campaigned for Biden under the pretense that and this is very important for people of Arizona and for any Trump supporters who listen, to the sense that he has no value as a strong Republican for his own base. And by siding with her in, in their state of Arizona would be considered a vote for John McCain. So you're talking about somebody who they, they value as diehard patriot, especially we don't have, I don't have to go down his family line because I felt like even if I, I would go down that lineage, it, that would be a whole nother podcast, but I like leaving these breakups, but go ahead, Janelle. So let me just back up a little bit and give context to what you're saying, because um, I, I think you just went to Z and people need A to Y. So um, um, let's start with the, the, the um, 1%. So the 1% that Sienna is referring to is the fact that um, if the election is so close that there is only a 1% margin between the competitors, between the, the, um, the Biden and uh, Trump, then the losing party can call for a recount. Actually, either party can call for a recount, but honestly, if you're winning, then why would you want to, right? So um, the, the losing party in this instance would be Trump, um, can call for a recount if the voting... Um, if the the numbers are within a one percent margin, 
Um, as he was saying, some states, um, you know, move the number up to 1.5%. Um, I believe there are also states that have the number at 0.5%. I don't that remember. Is correct. That is correct. I, I don't remember which one, but, um, yeah. So just to put some context to that, um, and then you moved over to, um, John McCain and, uh, for, for those who don't know, Cindy McCain is John McCain's wife. Um, John McCain, as he was saying, was, is, is very beloved or was very beloved, um, in that state. Everyone loved him. So, um, because President Trump continuously disrespected John McCain um, by saying, you know, uh, things about his military days, um, the fact that he was, um, I guess, kidnapped or whatever the case is, he kept bringing that up um, throughout his uh, presidency. For what reason, I don't know. I mean, who knows what goes on in that man's brain, right? Um, but because of this, people realize... Um, you know, if they wanted him out because of these uh, accusations, because of the things, the nasty things that he was saying about John McCain, they had to rally. They rallied a, a, around Cindy McCain. Cindy McCain actually went out and rallied against Trump in her state. Now, again, if you understand that John McCain was very beloved by his state, then you also understand that his widow is also very beloved by their state. So Cindy McCain was able to rally, and this is the reason that Arizona was flipped. Arizona became a blue state and went for Biden because they basically said, screw Trump. <laughs> if you're going to disrespect our, you know, our person, like, that that's their person that was their person for a long time right um what else there was one more thing that you brought up that i wanted to delve a little bit deeper but i can't remember what it is now um, <laughs> um but we'll just all right we'll leave it at that because yeah. <laughs> so, you know I'm not, I, I ain't gonna lie there is because i'm happy that you kind of named some of the states and i and i will touch back my home state of Florida when we go through some of the other states because there's things that there's things I really want to address, but I will let you continue. Um, right. So I don't even remember where the heck I was at now. <laughs> um, before we went on that um, little tangent about John McCain, um, I think we were talking about Pennsylvania. So um, as I said, all of these states are now blue and Trump is, you know, doing his Hail Mary dance right now. So He's going to the courts at this point. His lawyers are in courts. Um, oh, right. This is the third thing that I wanted to address. Um, so the, the actual lawsuits. So in each state, he has a different stance, which has been hilarious to watch. Um, because apparently he's left Arizona alone. Uh, which is... It, that, that, that number is getting wider. That's really what it is. It's, it's honestly hilarious because... The, the stance that he's taking for other states like Georgia is that people need to stop counting the votes, right? Which is also, I mean, that's hilarious in itself. If you stop counting the votes, like, so what do you really want here? Like, what do you want? Anyway, um, so he went for Georgia in the courts, and he also went for Pennsylvania in the courts. Um, he went for one more in the court as well 
It's, that would be Michigan. He wants to get Michigan recounted as well. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, Michigan has already done. It's already a blue state. It already belongs to Biden. Um, so he went for Michigan and basically said he wants a recount. He has already claimed that if um, Biden wins Georgia, he wants a recount. However, that is separate and apart from his lawsuits claiming that he wants them to stop the count. So he wants them to stop counting the votes in Georgia. He wants them to stop counting the votes in Pennsylvania. And I believe a couple precincts that he actually went after, um, there was a, a Maricopa County uh, precinct in Pennsylvania, I think. Um, they actually stopped counting for a little bit because um, the, the secretary of elections basically came out and said, listen, like, we're not doing anything, you know, wrong. I don't want anyone to doubt the veracity of these numbers, of these results. So, you know, I am stopping right now to see what happens, you know, in, in the court. Like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, one way or the other, I don't want people to doubt what's happening here. Um, we have nothing to hide. And I mean, at this point, his supporters are literally standing outside these precincts, you know, uh, protesting, trying to make their way into the polls. I'm not sure why he thinks or why any of them think that they are entitled to go inside the precinct and watch them count. The average person does not get that ability, will never get that ability, and has never gotten that ability. You cannot just go inside of a precinct counting votes from a presidential election because what like you ate dinner and got bored of tv like at home like i don't i don't understand what I, i'm so confused at this it's not even funny um like i don't understand why people feel entitled to watch what's happening inside of a precinct there are private citizens that are paid to watch what's going on there are poll watchers there are actual poll watchers on each side democratic and republican and this was already something that was going to happen before this election because it happens every election um there are also you know the the actual people in charge of the precincts there there are also poll workers who are the ones counting these ballots and the poll workers are not you know only democratic and only republican um, they are people that are actually working. They work for minimum wage while they're counting these ballots. Um, there's nothing, you know, that he can prove at this point that he's saying, you know, things are, are fraudulent or fake or, I mean, he says the res results are phony. And at this point, it's like everything is fake and phony when it comes to him. If it's not going his way, it's fake and phony. I mean, I'm exhausted by him. Um, but again, you know, him going to the courts right now, we all just kind of have to wait and see what's going to happen. At the end of the day, even if he wants his recount, I mean, he's entitled to that. He's completely entitled to that. However, I feel like without having proof of something going wrong or something being, you know, negatively affecting the count, something actual, actually fraudulent happening where there's like proof that something is actually fraudulent happening and he didn't just like make it up out of thin air. Um, it's, it's almost like the last piece of salt in America's wound. That's really what he's doing. Um, it, it's kind of just like you, you've already done enough damage to our country and now you can't even just like take your leave peacefully. You have to also kind of just have everybody on the edge of their seats like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh, what's happening to the country? I mean, again, we've said it time and time again, this man is not a leader. He's here to stir things up. 
Um, and this, this is the reason that we have so many states in this election turning blue, because the people see that. Um, but yes, Xian, let's discuss our home state. Um, I'm not going to lie. So, Janelle, the reason why I wanted to discuss Florida, I felt hurt in a in, in couple different ways. Um, first and foremost, let me, let me shout out to all the people from the Hispanic community who did go out and vote, um, vote on both sides of the fence. Um, I sh- I'm, 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 a conversation I would like to have is with Cuban-Americans in this moment. Because um, I know, Janelle, you're looking at me like, I don't, I don't know where Sin's about to go with this one. But um, the conversation I really, really want to have with, with Cuban-Americans in this moment is, is what happened. All right? And my question to what happened is, um, when most Cubans... And I've I've dealt with a lot of Cuban Americans, work with them on, on different job sites, construction sites. And the fact is when the Mariana boat came over and a lot of you and a lot of Cubans came over and wanted freedom and opportunity to be given, it was more like, um, okay guys, you know, we we went through some turmoil and we, we need assistance. We want help. And you you needed the country to to give it, right? And America did give it and gave it gave it to you guys better than I would say than a lot of other countries. Because if you know, if you're Cuban and you make it to the soil, you're good. You don't you don't have to go through the hoops that majority of most um, immigrants will go through. Hold on, Jenna, hold on, because I got I, I, want, I want to touch. I want to touch on this touch on this subject because it's very important to me. Well, I just I just want to make clear that that is no longer a thing. Oh, that changed. Obama changed those laws, the Cuban Adjustment Act, before he left. Okay, thank thank you, and and to my next to my next spot is that freedom that freedom back in the day was given, right? So why is it now that when that same judgment needs to be awarded to any other country, it is such a big issue for you guys? It's like when you guys came here back in the day, it was like, look, 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 we need help. But now when you got the help, you turn around and was like, hey, 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 look, I, please don't help anybody else. You're helping us. So this conversation is actually a much deeper conversation. I have the answer for you. Please, I can, I can break know, it. I, man. I, I just don't think that this is the podcast for it. Um, let's 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 focus more on the actual election and the vote. Maybe we can come back another time and, you know, do another podcast and talk about this. Um but you know, so you say, you're telling me this one this one goes even deeper than than yeah. than, than my emotions because I would say this I it was one of the one of the big things that I sat and lingered on during this moment. Um, I took it to the presidents that especially in the the community that I live in, which is predominantly Republican, which I technically don't have a problem with. Um, I do believe in people voting their interests, right? So when people in my area um, vote Republican. I understand. I I'm in an area that's manufacturally driven. So it's either you're not really doing anything, or you're in a manufacturer company and you're making strides to where your your income will dictate your vote. So I understand that. Now, um, I would like to touch in different rural areas of Florida that don't have that same economic and value, in the sense that majority of you guys live below the poverty line. And 
state the fact that you would like better for your individuals, but every time the opportunity come for you to have better, you guys vote against it. Now, my question to ask, you guys have voted Republican for the longest time. I, I, don't, I can't even tell you the last time I know the state of Florida did not really go Republican or that their, their state representative was not Republican, right? How has that benefited you guys in this moment? These are the questions I would like to ask. And I'm taking this question from somebody who lives in Florida. And when I'm bored at times, and I'm using the word bored, guys, please don't judge me. I've driven to a couple different counties in Florida. Even, I haven't even got lost when I mean for, for my own mental place. And when you come around these communities and you see them and you hit their, their county lines or their, or their, their little area with, that tells you what county they're in and you're driving around it and you're looking at it how undeveloped and how unappreciated it is. And, you, and I personally sit and think to myself, why you guys vote Republican? And I guess it's the same reason why Democrats, People who live in democratically run states that, that, according to the president, are run down, why they will keep voting Democrat because their state is being ran down. But I feel the same way about Florida in the same sense. Like the state has been run down in so many different areas. And when you take a look at the areas where Florida thrives in, um, I don't want to have to throw them out. I guess I'll start in Miami, which kind of basically went democratical. Um, you can go to Tampa, that went democratical. You can go to Orlando, which most of democratical. You can go all the way up to Tallahassee, which I think Tallahassee was a little bit more um, a stronger vote. But I understand based on where the, the, the county lines are drawn. But when you look at the area, you would think your major city will dictate where you guys would want your state to go. Go ahead, Janelle. I, I, I also want to just give a shout out because I feel like the the... Um, county slash city that keeps getting lost in in translation because for some reason they don't include the name on the map um that like i've seen memes and gifs about it like oh these are the blue spots and oh look that random blue square up there okay guys all right for those who aren't good at geography including florida-born people who aren't good at geography which is a damn shame and let me just put that out there um that little blue square that also voted Democrat is Gainesville in Alachua County, okay? Um, I just want to make this reference right now because I've said it so many times before and a lot of people I know have said it as well. The educated cities, the formal educated cities, the ones that are surrounded by universities, University cities, big university cities in Florida. I mean, all over the country, honestly, but let's focus on Florida right now. They, these are the cities that voted blue, the ones who are educated. So let's put that out there real quick because you have Miami. Miami has multiple universities, so we're not even going to get into that. Um, everyone is aware of the, the universities in Miami. And if you're not, you should look it up because Miami is not just a party city. I went to school here. Um, then you have Tampa. Tampa has USF. It, it also has another university that I don't remember the name of right now, um, but it's there. Um, then you have Orlando that has UCF, which is the bigger, you know, university up there. Um, then you have Gainesville that has UF, University of Florida. And then you have Tallahassee that has two universities, FSU and FAMU, um, that I'm aware of anyway. Um, I don't know if there's any others. But... 
all I'm going to say <laughs> is um, those are the, the Democratic strongholds and those are the more educated and more um, uh, like formally educated, I should say, um, and built up areas. Right. The bigger areas, as the video that I saw recently was describing it. Um, you have Miami that all the tourists come to. You have Orlando that, you know, people come for Disney World. You have Tallahassee that people come to see the capital. And, like, where is everywhere else? <laughs> like, um, in the video, he was just like, y'all don't matter. Y'all do, don't even make it on the map, honestly. But I'm not going to go as far as to say that. I will say, though, that um, I was not surprised, honestly. I think that it's a little bit hurtful to to realize that um, Trump brought in so much hate. But you also have to remember that we're in the South. Um, Florida is the South. Like we're from Miami. Miami is is not like that. Um, Miami has its, its its bouts of racism here and there, um, but it's not the South. It's not. It's nowhere comparable. Um, also, Palm Beach was one of the counties that voted him out. Which it's because that's his place. That's where his his resorts at. That's I mean, he had his mansion there. Like, that's his, that's his place. His neighbors yeah, said, uh -uh. "Yeah, he lives there." And they're like, "Um, yeah. you know, I, I think you're you may be a little bit too close to Jeffrey. We seem to be going over there." But that's just me. Continue, Janelle. Um, right. So to me, I, I wasn't surprised at all. Like I said, we're in the South, and I think people um, ignore that. I think I think people, like I said, when you think of Florida, you don't think of the the rural areas. But honestly, Florida to me is a huge area of just like what's that movie? Um, Dukes of Hazard, like that. That to me, that's what Florida is. Like you just have all these like random people that are like wrestling gators and shooting empty Budweiser cans and like, uh, you know, tipping tractors if they get a chance. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, this is Florida. Like, everybody else sees the touristy Florida, the Miami with the lights and the, you know, celebrities. And then you have, you know, the Disney World. And um, it, it's just, that's not what Florida is. You know, if you drive to other areas of Florida, the places that are not as built up, the places that you know, strictly have, you know, white Southerners. That's what you need to expect when you're thinking about Florida and the Florida vote, okay? Um, because the the number of people that we have in South Florida cannot outvote the rest of the state. Um, and then, of course, as you mentioned, there is the strong Cuban stronghold of Miami. Um, there's a lot of Cubans down here who vote Republican. Um, and a lot of Cubans down here who vote who voted Republican in this election, even though or despite Trump being the candidate, um, it wasn't it wasn't really a matter of voting partisan for a lot of them. It was it was honestly a lot of them liked him, which was mind boggling to me. Um, you know, people kept trying to make the, the correlations between um, you know, communist Cuba and Trump, and a lot of them just weren't getting it. They just, I, I don't know what it is. And I think, I think uh, the problem lied more with Biden than it did with Trump, honestly, because they equate him to a socialist candidate, which I mean, honestly, like, let's be real, socialist candidate is Bernie, it's not Biden. Um, however, I, I, 
honestly, I wish, and I said this recently to somebody, I wish that there was like a coalition or like grassroots organizers that would go door to door in Hispanic community or Cuban communities, specifically Cuban communities to explain to Cuban households the difference and the nuances between socialism and communism. Because I don't, I think that they, they, in their minds, they automatically make the two go together and they're not the same thing. And you know, not to, not to cut you because um, it's the Cuban and the Venezuelan, because um, I've I've come to realize it's it's like a two sided sword, because they they're looking at it that basically Biden would will do to America on what happened to Venezuela, and they tied it they tied that along with Cuba, and it at first it blew my mind, and I tried to understand it. I think. Um, Speaking, speaking, I spoke with a Venezuelan person and they're trying to explain to me. And I was like, but he doesn't sound anything like that. I'm like, what research did you, did you do? Um, well, you know, we, we saw it on the internet and I'm like, yeah, but I want you to do your research. And I feel like, I, I think that's where a lot of people get lost because a lot of time people may even hear, I'm going to say in our sense, say we're talking about Trump right now and, and think that we've not done our research. One of the reasons why we like we can have this conversation is that we've had our research. And if you'd have researched and known what Biden was about, that would have changed the narrative. But I will say this, Janelle, and you you brought something up about grassroots. Hold on, because I know you're ready. But you brought something up on up with, with grassroots. I was going to say something directly relating to what you just said about like actually having our research. I really yeah. had somebody tell me recently that Biden had no plan for black America. And when I told him that all he had to do was visit his website and there is a whole tab, a whole tab just for black America, like actually named black America and everything. He was like, no, that can't be true because he would have said it. I mean, but he did. But you see, you know, and, and that's what that's what really the idea is, because. Biden did state he had a plan for Black America, and I've heard him say it numerous times. I'm not this guys. I'm not being nitpicky. I think if you guys want to go back and watch some of those debates, or even before he debates, he has a thing where he goes, "Go to my website." I guarantee you right now. Wait, you know, hold on. If you if if you guys were sitting and ask Donald Trump what's inside of his platinum package or platinum plan that he so discussed with 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 Weezy, F Baby, um, or Cube. He don't know none of the answer inside of it. This is this is what politics is, and it sounds it sounds nasty for me to say it, but if we had to sit down and stem through a lot of the things that was there, it, we would have a lengthy conversation. And yes, we would like the narrative as well. That's one of the reasons why it's placed on the website. Now, what my thing would be, guys, if you really had an issue with stuff like that, is go on the website, write down all the things that he said he planned for Black America, and then you can start your checklist. I think that would be the that would be the same the same sense, and I felt that's the same way that um, Cubans, a lot of Cuban Americans, should have did in in that reference. And don't get me wrong, I do understand some of the Cubans who did go ahead and vote Republican because I mean Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, a lot of them are Cubans that eventually you know support the Republicans Party, and I understand based on their business endeavor. But my this is my question was to reach out to the the Cubans who are below poverty level 
those are the ones that I'm personally having this conversation with. Middle class Cubans and, and above, I completely understand. Because you feel like you, you work hard for your money. No, I do. You feel like you work hard for your money and you feel like it may be taken away from you based on your tax, based on what it's going to be doing on tax right. And these are just conversations that need to, needed to be handled based on taxes. And I think he said it more than anything else. Anybody who's making more than, I think it was 450000 a year will have another conversation because you, you may be taxed a little bit better. But I would like to say the conversation is um, if you make less than 450000 a year, and guys, a 400, thank you, Janelle. Um, and personally for me, um, I have not hit that 400 mark yet. I guess whenever I do hit that 400 mark, we may have a, a different conversation of who I'm voting for. But um, in that narrative... Even, even, even in that situation where you're making $400,000 a year, I mean, come on. Like, you can afford to give money to people who, like, need it. Like, it's not like this, that, you know, taxes don't go anywhere. Taxes directly reflect, you know, our welfare system, our social security system. Like, it actually goes to things. <laughs> like, nobody's just asking you to give your money away here. <laughs> I think that that's, that's something that I find just despicable to me when I have conversations with people who just don't want to pay taxes. If you're making 400000 a year or more, there's absolutely no reason to not want to help. There's no reason. And when you sit there and say, hey, um, I can do that on my own and I can I can give the money to a charity organization like, OK, but you're not going to like, let's be real, be real about this, because if that was the case, then we'd have so much more charity going on out there. No one is actually going on their own to look up organizations to give their money away to. That's just not how that works. So you can say it all you want, but like we know the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you touched on something because. And I guess I'm going to tie musicians down with this one. Um, guys, please don't say you want to give back to the community and don't pay your taxes. It makes no sense. Because as crazy as it sounds, if there's one way you can you can obviously say you're giving back to your community and keep it legal, is pay your taxes. Now, when you pay your taxes and then the government doesn't distribute your funds the way it needs to be based on the taxes you're being paid, then that's something you bring to the forefront. And I would say this, and then for all of our celebrities out there and people who's making heavy finances, who feel like they're contributing to their state or their community and it's not being um, dealt with properly, if you let your people know this and show them the evidence, the people will fight with you. And you see it in a lot of small communities when they're talking about, hey, we've been given, we've been given all this money for the road. Oh, we've been give, we've been trying to build a road for 10 years. And I'm a, it's going to sound bad for 10 years. And it's not until the 10 year when somebody starts being like, you know what? Let's follow the money trail. Where did all the money go? And that's when the conversation starts coming. Hey, guys, we're fixing the road. Hmm. You know, we're going to have somebody come out there and make every community look pretty again. And it was like, wow. So if we didn't start asking about where the money trail lingered, none of this would have happened. And I would say this. This is this is what we have to be doing with our government. If there's one thing I, I want to take from you guys to understand what the weight has taught me is what is what the accountability level is going to be based on what's going to be happening. Because I want you guys to understand. Biden made a lot of promises, right? He did. What promises did, did Trump make during this election? Um, 
the one that Ice Cube came with saying that Trump promised to give the black community half a, a trillion dollars. I don't, I, I, I'm, I still am trying to figure out to this point how he got got. No, and Janelle, I mean, to be, to, I, I understand what Ice Cube said. And, and I'm not to say this, guys, not saying I'm defending Ice Cube, right? But Ice Cube made interview kind of kind of made me look at the situation a little bit differently little wayne conversation to me was is i didn't understand little wayne's part part of the part of the conversation because he had no need to be there but that's a whole other thing but i really want to address the ice cube ice cube said he he had a plan laid out right he reached out to two parties to the democratic party to the republican party the, the democratic party looked at him and said we have no problem having a conversation with you. Just let us do it right after the election. Right? Let's put that in context. Then the Republicans reach out to him and was like, hey, we would like to talk to you now. And guys, let me not to not to be not to be taken out of context. I completely understand why the Republicans talk to him now. Do you know why that is? Because they're in office. So anything that he was trying to make done they had a better reason or choice to make that happen. That was the whole purpose of them doing. And Ice Cube did say it. He said it. He said, I ain't going to lie for the fact that they had the conversation with me. I know they weren't going to do the propaganda thing, but I didn't really care. I just wanted, wanted the conversation to happen. But I'm happy that the conversation happened because I wanted everybody to know that I reached out to both parties. They were just the ones who came and had the conversation. Now, what I, what I personally felt that the Republicans did, they used this because what they really wanted was to capture as many black or African votes as possible. But to me, I just don't understand what he thought he was going to get by sitting down with a liar. The man has lied about everything from before he even was elected. I mean, as we spoke about on prior podcasts, that yeah. there's literally nothing that he has actually come through about um, that he's promised in his prior campaign. So what exactly did Ice Cube think he was going to get out of a conversation with the Republican Party when Donald Trump is the president? And Janelle, I would say this. You're completely accurate based on the statement that you made. Um, I best I can give you the best response that he that he gave, because that's the only response I could give at this moment, um, is that he had to work. He he wanted to work with someone he didn't really care who was in who is in office regardless and i and i and i understand you know regardless if it's going to be donald trump or joe biden he feels like regardless of who is in power some someone have to be looking out for the black community this is the reason well hold on Jenna. this is the reason why i said like even in this moment when little wayne is coming out saying you know he's talking about he supports a platinum package I looked at Little Wayne like, why were you in this conversation? Because you have no need to even be here in the sense that I understand Ice Cube's part because Ice Cube people is the one who came up with a platinum package. They just showed it to Trump. Lil Wayne has literally nothing to do with the black community, and he has stated that on many occasions. So I know, I know it's no. is just ridiculous to me. Like, him endorsing Trump over a platinum plan that's supposed to quote unquote help the black community when he doesn't even really care about the black community and has said on multiple occasions that the black experience is not his experience. That's correct. Um, 
I just don't understand where that came from whatsoever. And I completely agree with Ice Cube when he, you know, is saying that somebody has to be for the black community and he wants to have a discussion with somebody, right? I get that. I get where your intentions lie, but at the end of the day, people who are actually in politics understand that you need to be strategic about this. You can't just decide one day that you want to see something different and help and just go sit down with the first person to talk to you. Like, I mean, how, how does that actually work? Like, be strategic. Do you not have people? Do you not have friends? Do you not, like, speak to other politicians to kind of understand the, the, the area that you're walking into before you walk into it? I mean, and, you know, I, I completely agree with you because the ramification of it is, is not, not don't, don't listen to what they see. And I want to say, let me repeat it. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And I will say this. Not I understand where Ice Cube's narrative is. I understand what he was trying. And I completely get what you're saying as well. If you watch Donald Trump's action, right, it would not be beneficial to the black community. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, I guess I would throw this out. The only way he will he he does anything for the black community, as you can see lately, is when his back is against the wall, right? And he feels like I've I don't have no choice whatsoever other than from trying to throw a bone. And I'm talking about I'm I'm not talking about a bone where six or seven thousand people can feed off because I will say this in his constituency, when he throws a bone, right? And I and, and I and I'm talking from my Republicans friends perspective, when Donald Trump throws a bone their direction, their family are eating. When he throws a bone towards the black community, right? It's one little pup that's getting a morsel. Um, I mean, I'd go even further in saying that when he throws a bone to the black community, it's really, um, it's not his intent. Um, people think that he's actually intending on like helping. He's really not even thinking about that because uh, I'm going to give you a, a big example. Everybody who, you know, Republican and black that were praising Trump were using HBCU funding as mm -hmm. of why he was doing so much for the black community and or how I should say. And um, everybody was super excited about it, right? I had to break it down for a few people because first of all, Trump didn't, I mean, Trump took all the credit. I mean, because that's what Trump does, right? Um, Trump didn't make that bill. Trump didn't lobby for it. Trump didn't get that on the, the, the you know, the, the cutting board to begin with, right? That that happened under Obama and Biden, okay? Obama was the first one to actually pass that bill to begin with. All Trump did was sit at his desk and sign an extension. That's all he did. And then claim credit for everything that happened during Obama's rule, right? Um, apart from that, after he claimed all of the credit for it and said Obama would have never done that, even though he did, um, he then passed a bill that directly um, affected the funding for HBCUs. <laughs> um, the bill currently, I mean, obviously it hasn't actually gone into effect yet, but when it goes into effect could end up slashing federal funding for any organization that is centered around or promotes diversity and inclusion including, you know, any racial, um, meaning 
uh, like sponsor, not sponsorship, scholarships and any uh, grant programs and whatever that they have at HBCU specifically for minorities and black people, right? So when you're going to talk about how much he does, like just remember that it's not about um, what he does for the community. It's never about his intent for doing good for the community. It's all about how it makes him look. Because at the end of the day, people are not, right now are not even talking about that bill that was just passed because people don't know about it because he's not taking credit for it. What he took credit for was I gave HBCUs funding. Janelle, it's the same way that, and I think a lot of people forget this, and I'm and I and I keep going back to my Hispanic Americans right now. It's like y'all forget that he was throwing toilet paper, and and sanitizers at the Puerto Ricans, doing doing their during their their time when they were they were going through the hurricane. Like there's footage of him throwing, I mean, actually looking like a quarterback. In Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay, I I did not know that. Um. I mean, that, you know, it's just You're like, like, you know, he's he's out there. Do you know when you're supposed to be handing the stuff out? You know what I mean? And he's there like a quarterback, like throwing it at him. Like, yeah, catch that. Yeah, there you go. And people in the crowd. And you can't imagine, you know, imagine you don't have no toilet paper or no, or no, or no, no paper towel. And somebody is throwing this at you and you, a, a group of people is going to catch it. And I'm looking at it like, like, wow. Um. And I will say this: this is this is this is my question for a lot of uh, a lot of black people who voted for Trump as well. Um, not saying that black men and black women haven't been dying at, 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 at an abundantly lately, but if you're if you're if you have lived the black experience in America, right? There's no denying that race that this presidential election was very racially driven in on both sides of the fence. Because for one, I want you to I want you to, to pay this in mind, um, and I'm not gonna give give I don't want to give Biden too much credit because I've heard him refer to refer to black people as African Americans, but for the fact that we've been hearing about hearing Trump talking about the black vote, have you ever heard him say that he needs to get the white vote? Have you ever heard that? No, the good people of Michigan, the good people of Florida. But when he has to refer to the black people or African American, he need, it's never it's never those good people. Is he needs a black vote? Like if you guys don't have not sit and understand during this moment, and I want you guys, I could have bring this narrative up way earlier, but I just didn't want it to feel like my narrative for what I wanted. What I think people should be voting for should be narratives of this, like. If you are Indian, I don't even have to go there. If you are, if you are anyone of a spiritual belief, and um, I would say this, I say, I see a lot of people talking about the angelic Christians, about what they're, they're, they, they will, they vote for. My question to the angelic Christians, and I've asked this question before: Who do you think Jesus would vote for? I ask these questions to the to the same people, and I mean, and if your if your answer comes up with Jesus would have never even take part in this election, that means if you're spiritually inclined, you should have never voted in. <laughs> I just want to put that in perspective. If you're that spiritually inclined, and you feel like your spiritual leader would not support none of these two candidates, you should have never voted. And I'm not saying that everybody should know the Bible, 
but you can't say you're the you're the you're the people for the Christian and don't know Second Corinthians. It's not two Corinthians people. It's not. I can call my four, my five year old to come in here, come to, and she will look at you and tell you it's Second Corinthians. And she has a personal relationship with God, and she can tell you that. So you can't use that as an excuse. I can go on and on about this rant, but what I'm happy about is about the reality of it is. You see, the reality is Trump looked at everybody and told his people, please go out and vote. They did. Right? But for everybody who was a, who who felt the pandemic, who felt that, you know what, my, my life is more important than voting, they took their their sweet little time and they went out an early vote and sent their ballots in because they thought that was the safest thing to do. This was actually really amusing to me that he had a meltdown over the fact that like the votes that were being counted from absentee voting and you know the mail-in ballots um, that they were you know, coming in only for Biden and they were coming in, you know, at such a large number for Biden and he couldn't understand. And I'm, I mean, listen, the man is not stupid, right? He's not a complete moron. He wouldn't be where he is today if he was a complete moron, right? Um, he, he understands exactly what happened, but he's making it seem like he has no clue what's going on and people are trying to steal the election from him. The man reiterated time and time again for this entire year not to vote by mail mail-in voting is fraudulent quote unquote that's what he kept saying he kept saying it to his um his his uh who the hell follows him bro who follows him he kept saying it to his followers he kept saying it on the TV. He kept saying it in emails. He kept sending text messages. Don't vote by mail. They're going to try and steal the election if you do. It's fraudulent, blah, blah, blah. And now he can't understand why so many of the mail-in ballots are not Republican. I, I, you, you know damn well he understands why. He gets it. But no. he's... I mean, I'm laughing because I'm going to use a scenario. Um, my mother and the president are under the same zodiac sign. And I'm going to use a little, a, little, a little joke that she likes to use on me. I would say, hey, mommy, I'm getting some dinner. Right? Can you please put my food in a small bowl I don't like a lot? Right? I'll go right next to her, hug her and kiss her. And she'll bring me a, a large plate of food. In a plate, as I said, a large plate of food. And I would look at her and be like, I requested the bowl. A small bowl so I can have a small portion. But regardless of what, she's going to give me what she wants. At first, I, was, I thought it was, you know, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm not saying it right. So I test my theory. I sent her a text message and watched her read the text message. Then I went to her and asked her the question, Mommy, would you mind making me... Share me some food in a small bowl. And she looked at me. She's like, you want some food in a small bowl? Okay, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to give it to you shortly. You know what she did? She brought me a plate of food. Right? <laughs> so, uh, I, and, I want, and, I'm, and I'm using that 
is in in the direction of when Trump was leading in Georgia, the first conversation was we need to stop counting the vote. I've had enough based on the percentage. When he was losing, okay, while he was still losing in, in Michigan and Wisconsin, right, he stated we need to keep counting the vote. So why is it that when you're leading, we need you to stop counting, but when you're losing, I'm going to need you to keep counting? That alone lets me know you know exactly what you're doing. There's no if, ands, but, or maybe about that one. Like you're trying to play the game. You know, and some, and I see, like for me, you know, the biggest post I get, I get on Facebook now is like, you can't say save the children, right? And not voting for, for, for Trump. And I'm like, what do you guys mean? Can you guys please come out and show me instances where Donald Trump said he was saving all children from pedophiles? <laughs> so where does it save the children? I mean, did you, did you guys remember last year we're talking about kids being locked away in cages? But now the conversation that we're having is who build the cages, right? Oh, oh, you know what? I'm really glad that you brought that up. Let's put that into context, too. <laughs> because <laughs> people like to use this argument, and it, it baffles me. But, but here we go. Who built the cages? So Obama implemented this um, because of the fact that Michelle Obama actually um was involved with a lot of the border um asylums going on at that time when they realized that there was an influx of asylees that were coming into the country um to file and they were unaccompanied children um that they just weren't expecting i mean there's always people crossing the border to come and apply for asylum right that's nothing new these numbers were at a rapid rate and they weren't expecting it. So what happened was it was born out of a lack of resources because they weren't expecting it. They didn't know it was going to happen. So they had no place to put these children. They built something. I mean, the same way that, you know, if you found a dog, you would find like an empty box or something and try to help it, try to make it comfy, put some sheets in there until you can find its owner. It's something like that. And I don't mean to compare it to a dog, but I mean, honestly, like dogs are amazing. So, I mean, I don't find that to be uh, insulting, um, just personally anyway. Um, so what they did was, as I said, they it was born out of necessity. They built, you know, uh, what they call the cages and they put the children there for a legal time of maximum 72 hours. They could not keep these children in those conditions for se for more than 72 hours. The purpose of it was not long-term. The purpose of it was not to just put people in cages and, and make them sit there for months on end. The purpose of it was to hold the children until 72 hours where they could find a suitable place or, or placement, I was going to say place to hold, but a suitable placement for these children. Because you can't just let them go to anyone. You can't just let them sleep on the streets. You have to find an actual home or, or a shelter to put them in. So what they did 
like I said, was born out of a necessity. What Trump is doing is ridiculous to me, because at this point, if you want to talk about who built the cages, let's let's talk about the fact that Trump has been in office for four years now, has not allocated funds. This is not something new. This this started happening under Obama when they realized that there was an influx and everything that was you know being destabilized in, in uh, South America. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, Central America and Mexico. Um, they realized that there was just more people coming and coming, right? So Trump has had four years to fix this situation. Trump has had four years to figure out how to put money or allocate money towards these quote-unquote cages to make them actually livable, um, or has had enough time to be able to find shelters or wherever to put these people or place these people, but instead they did away with the 72-hour hold, and they've just been holding people in these quote-unquote cages for months on end, if not more. I mean, who am I to say, honestly, because I don't do work by the border. But all I'm saying is it, it, it shouldn't be the fact that you're keeping children in cages for months and you had ample opportunity to fix the situation. So don't talk about what Obama did. Talk about the fact that Trump is there for four years now and he hasn't fixed it. All right, so Janelle... While, while we get to the end of, of this week's episode, let let me be a little bit devious and get taken out of context for a second. Well, before we get to the end, I do want to take it back to Georgia. So go ahead. All right. Let, let's be a little bit devious for a second. Um, what was Trump's profession before he became a president? You know, I'm just asking. A reality star. He was a reality star. He wasn't a realtor. He wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't in. In construction, he didn't um, have a couple of business. Well, majority of his business endeavors didn't come from building properties, apartments, hotels, um, resorts um, of that of that endeavor. Did he? Because I don't know. All I hear is that he owes people money and he's filed a bunch of bankruptcies. Oh, I, all I know. Because I would think somebody who has been inside of the housing industry would know what it seems like when you walk into a facility that um, it's not considered right living condition based on the fact that you've, made, you've been a billionaire, self-claimed billionaire for quite some time in your life um, and had to find things. For you, to, for you to come around and see kids in a situation and decide, you know what? Those kids got too much space inside of those little facilities. We need to fill it up a little bit more. Now, I would think if you are saving the children and you would have gotten to a saw that situation that you claim Obama left you that was so terrible, right? That was your opportunity to fix it. Haven't you been claiming you've been fixing everything that he left you? Or is it just the economy that's more important? And I think I've 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 come to this part, you know, where I've realized that. Um, and this is from talking with the lady from last episode, guys. Please go check it out about numerology. Um, that people... Numerology about the elections. Numerology is about the elections. Thank and you very much. <laughs> but if based on, based on that information, I realize that you guys will, will, will build on top of the rubble before you guys clean it up. I've learned that. Very, very much so. Go, go ahead, Janelle. Well, also, let's be clear when we, um, you know, say that he fixed everything that Obama did, because what he actually said was he undid everything that Obama did. 
he came oh. to the office and and literally asked the question at every turn what did obama did okay let me do the opposite that was what he said no comments so you didn't even take the opportunity to realize what was good from what was bad before you made that initial decision i rest my case to know I guess this is the reason why they, they said that he was trying to save the children. Because you know what? Um, my, someone asked a question to me. Trump is saving the children. And my question is, where did you see that? But back to Georgia, you know. Georgia. Georgia. This is my favorite part. So, for those of you who don't know why Georgia, sweet peach Georgia, turned blue. Let's give a big shout out and round of applause to Mrs. Stacy Abrams. I shouldn't say Mrs. Actually, let's say Miss because I don't actually know if she's married. Um, Miss Stacy Abrams. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I also want to say Miss because I mean it doesn't really matter if she's married because like this woman is a damn powerhouse. Like who cares about a husband right now? And, um, and uh, I, I want to throw uh, throw one more in there. I want to give a shout out to my my, my dog Killer Mike. Continue, you know. Kill Mike's in Georgia? Yes, he is. I don't know why I thought that was um Texas. It's fine. He's Georgia. He's a he's a big um advocate out there. Um actually he was he was one of Bernie Sanders' um biggest driving force doing doing Bernie's um run. But Killer Mike was out was out there in the streets rallying. I'm I follow Killer Mike. He does a lot of daily daily stuff. Um, stuff especially pertaining to the political endeavor and about making black people be aware more than just voting, understanding what they're voting for, what what laws need to be in place. He was actually, I, I'm, I'm just going to give a shout out. Killer Mike is the one who put me on to just shop black business only, you know, mm-hmm. just, to, just to show that we, we as a black people, we have power. So um, lately, every time... Any one of my friends or friends or family member is doing anything in as a business, I support it. Even even if they're cooking food, I'm gonna buy the one plate just to, just to give them that love. Like you can't say I didn't make that investment. You know what I mean? Because we have to support each other. But I I really 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 want to give a shout out to Killer Mike. Like he's he's done a lot for me along with Stacy as well. Janelle, continue. All right. So quick background on Stacy Abrams is that she ran for Georgia governor against Brian Kemp. Um, now, the race was a tight race, and Brian Kemp ended up uh, winning, but everybody in Georgia understood it that Brian Kemp basically cheated her out of the governorship, right? Um, so everyone told her not to run again. Everyone told her to just forget it. What Miss Stacey Abrams went out and did was realize that Brian Kemp cheated or, yeah, let's call it cheating. Let's call it what it is, right, by voter suppression. So what she did was actually go out into the streets, talk to black people, and register black voters by the thousands, um, like over 500, I mean, uh, 50,000 voter registration um, with multiple drives. She was in the community, actually on the ground doing this. And what ended up um, happening at this point is that we have a hell of a lot more black voters this election and guess what? <laughs> Black people are historically Democrats. Um, so for those of you wondering how Georgia made this magical flip, um, there are a lot of people on the ground that were putting in the work 
that needed to get done to make this happen. So uh, a big thank you to people like Stacey Abrams and Killa Mike and all the people on the ground um, in every state, not just Georgia, in every state that people went out there. And I mean, I was getting phone calls and text messages and I was so annoyed, but guys, they actually matter. These things actually matter and as annoying as they can be, um, they actually do help people. Um, for example, there was, you know, a story about a man who was making phone calls and, you know, calling people and trying to figure out if they voted. And, um, in my city, an elderly woman answered the phone and said that she thought that voting was over already. Okay. <laughs> um, so he ended up saying, no, that's not true. The, you know, the, the voting is still going up until this date. We can arrange a ride for you. And guys, if you don't know, there are so many resources to get people to the polls. Like you can get rides, you can, um, you know, have actual people explain things to you that are on the ballot. Like, if you, if you don't get what's going on, please ask questions, please. Um, these people that are reaching out, they're reaching out for a purpose, you know? Um, I found it annoying because I don't need the help. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people um, who understand what's going on in the election felt the same way. Um, however, if there is anything that you don't understand, if there's anything about the elections that you're unsure of, even after the elections, uh, election day was over and people needed to cure their ballots because they were thrown out because of a, a deficiency, whether it's your signature or whatever, there were workers that were actively helping people to get back to the polling, to, to the precinct to cure their ballots. Um, so, as I said, there are so many people on the ground that were... Um, that, that we're just putting in the work that deserve a thank you, including the ballot counters, guys. I want y'all to understand this is minimum wage job. You're, you're on the clock basically the whole, you know, the whole few days. It's just counting ballots. That's all you're doing. And it's immense pressure that everyone in the country is putting on them. So shout out to everyone who made this entire election possible, who got out there and put the work in. Um, in, in the middle of a pandemic, you guys are amazing. Um, never to say the less, guys. Um, more than amazing. Um, I would like you guys to take one thing about from this election going on to future elections. Um, and with age come wisdom. So I, I guess I'm, this is for my young, my young folks. Take the opportunity when the election starts, right? See who the candidates are. And then take a deep look into what they stand for. So you understand what your motives are and what you're voting for. I feel like that's that's now considered a lost art. I know that we do let social media dictate what we know. But I would say that sometimes don't watch what people say. Just watch their actions. Please do that. Because you will, you will be able to see. And I think Janelle kind of hit the nail on the head with a hammer when she talks about it with Ice Cube. Um, I, Ice Cube's motive was was spectacular because he actually has a plan or he's trying a plan. His way of going about it in this moment may have not been the best choice. And I think Roland Martin um, put that in perspective because he did, Roland Martin did, did agree with you a lot, with, with a lot with what you said, you know, right? That Trump's action would have should have dictated 
why he should have never been the, the perfect person to speak with at the current moment, right? And I would say this probably, and I'm not saying he would not have done it because I don't want to take that away from what he's trying to accomplish with Ice Cube. If the election was not going on, the conversation would have been, would you be having a conversation with you at the moment? And these are the things that I that 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 raised to my speculation because we've been trying we as as minorities and as black people been trying to have this conversation for a long time. And I want to say this: if you didn't realize now that every vote counts, this election should tell you. If you have your civil right restored and you have the opportunity to vote, please do so. And if you don't like the person that's running for office, look into some of the legislative. You Do you know when you go and you vote, you don't have to vote for the president? You can vote for everything else. Not saying I'm telling you guys not to vote. You can go out there and pick all the, all, all the legislative bill that you think fits your family's narrative. But please, please, guys, use this as your civic duty to go vote, right, while we're sitting here waiting for this result. I do know that a lot of some of the other states will not have their final results in until the 12th because they won't release it until the 12th of November. Guys, we're doing this episode and we're normally we record earlier on in the week, but it's the 6th. I know by the time we get this episode out, um, we may still be trying to conclude who the, the next president of the United States is. Um, I do just want to uh, drop a last comment on Georgia. Um, Georgia is going to have an election, a runoff election for senators um, in January. Um, all of those people who came out and voted, all of those people who mailed in ballots, all of those people who will be turning 18 before January 5th, I believe is the deadline, please register to vote um, and find yourself to the polls to vote for senators because, again, the senator... Um, positions, the senator seats, are also going to determine who has power over the Senate, whether it's the Democrats or Republicans. Currently, the sen- the, sen- uh, the, re- the Republicans have con- control of the Senate um, under Trump, but moving forward in this election, there is a possibility to switch uh, a seat, to flip a seat. Um, the House of Representatives is Democrat currently, so that's not really a concern. This runoff election for two Senate seats is very important. So mm-hmm. this is important. Like these are, you know, Congress altogether. This is the reason why we didn't, you know, get a follow up uh, $1,200 is because the Senate and the House of Representatives could not agree on giving money. If we get a Democratic Senate and a Democratic um, House of, Rep- uh, of Representatives, they can agree. So mm. all of y'all who, who know you need that money and all of y'all who know that, you know, we need to have a Democratic ticket all the way, go out and vote. Please do. Please do. Because I would say this. A lot of a lot of people didn't understand why um, a lot of things were so difficult during the Obama era. I mean, we've learned the power of the executive order. Right. But to say the least, we need we need to have. A functioning, a functioning country without everything has to be gone to an extreme. If we, if we all can agree together, I think we all can live better together. Because if not, we're all basically going to end up failing together. 
I mean, Janelle, is there anything else you would like to add? I'm sure I'll think of it after we're done with the podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, no, but I think we, we got everything out. Um, yeah. It's just a waiting game now, guys. So hopefully America will be saved. Yeah, guys, I would say this. Um, we I guess we did talk about this on the numerology about our political candidates on the last episode. Um if you would like to be a little bit more intrigued, please go ahead and take a listen to that episode because what we cover there, I'm, I'm, it, it would be crazy for you guys to understand that we're watching it unfold as we speak. I'm serious, guys. That That's the crazy part. Um, take the opportunity. Look up, your, look up the president's number. Look up Joe Biden's number and see for yourself. Make your opinion. And you see how the characteristic lies. Now, guys, that's the end of the podcast. We see you again next week for another episode of Just Context. Peace.